Hello Pittsburgh Steeler fans and welcome to Britsburg Voice from Across the Pond. I'm Owen, the Yinza Mackham, and I thank you for joining me on this Friday the 11th 2022 thank you so much for choosing to listen to britsburg voice from across the pond um i hope you enjoy the content that we are currently sharing with you as well as visiting our facebook group britsburg voice from across the pond twitter uh, at britsburg vfatp britsburg going or my instagram page britsburg going or going onto the YouTube channel, Britsburg Voice from Across the Pond. Please look out and subscribe to the YouTube channel because there are more live shows coming up on there and more pushing out more content as this year progresses. So please get yourself across there, subscribe, like and comment. That would be fantastic. Um, just a point of note, a bit of promotion here. Last night I was on the Steelers Ironcast with uh, Mark Davison of BTSC, Steelers Nation Australia fame. Uh, we talked all things Pittsburgh Steeler, including you know why I chose the Steelers, and we talked all things uh, that are currently affecting our Steelers going into the 2022 season. Please head over to YouTube, look for the Steelers Ironcast, and watch the episode, episode three, um, and drop us a like and a comment. And subscribe, please, to my good friend Mark Davison's um, channel, Steelers Nation Australia, and his Ironcast. That would be fantastic if you could do that for me. So what's going on in the NFL at the moment? The NFL continues with this pretty crazy uh, trade uh, train that we seem to be on at this moment in time. Last night, whilst I was on the Ironcast, it uh, came from Twitter that Khalil Mack, that's right, Khalil Mack, the pass rusher, Khalil Mack, the former defensive player of the year um, and former Raider, um, now Bear, has been traded to the um, Los Angeles Chargers for a second and a sixth round pick, which initially obviously will seem quite a cheap price to pay for some of the talents of Khalil Mack. However, when you consider obviously the salary that he is probably getting paid and will be getting paid for being at the LA Chargers, it will be quite a big cap hit for the Chargers to bear. But it is worrying, isn't it, that the AFC West seems so stacked at the moment. The AFC West... Um, really do seem to be going for it at this moment in time. They're locked in some sort of arms race against to build a team to compete against the Kansas City Chiefs. What with Russell Wilson going to Denver, with uh, the intention of Josh McDaniels to keep Derek Carr in Las Vegas, to, even given the trade rumoured links between him and the Indianapolis Colts that have surfaced today. Uh, quite a lot of fake news around Derek Carr as well on the internet earlier, you know, that he'd been released, which is never going to happen. But, you know, with uh, Khalil Mack going to the Los Angeles Chargers, it really does show for me that they are taking next year seriously and are starting to tool up ready. Uh, I'm not saying they're Super Bowl contenders. I'm not saying they're going to win it all. I'm just saying they're taking it seriously this year. You know, with Justin Herbert, their rookie, their, not, not now rookie quarterback, who after his sophomore last year, season last year, it really did impress and has done the two seasons he's been in the NFL, showing that he is the complete quarterback with a good arm, a good deep ball, and his ability to run when he needs to to get himself out of trouble, as he frequently did against the Pittsburgh Steelers when we played against the Chargers in LA at SoFi Stadium. Also, remember, they've got Austin Eckler, they've got Mike Williams, they've got Keenan Allen, they've got Rashawn Slater. They, as a guard, they've got some really good quality players on their offense. Pair that now with Khalil Mack and Jerry Bosa as pass rushers for them. They are a pretty scary proposition. Um, and I think the intention obviously is showing that they are going to get after Mahomes, they're going to get after Wilson, and they're going to get after Carr in those AFC West matchups as much as they can next season. And a real push by Brandon Staley's team to become a contender in the AFC. 
Um, also yesterday, it was announced that, or uh, well, this morning, it was announced that Jason Kelsey, the 34-year-old center, is returning to play for the for the Philadelphia Eagles next season. Interesting news indeed, because uh, the the Eagles pick before the Steelers in the draft. They have th- those three picks in that first round. Now, the rumor that has been doing the round is that they were interested in Tyler Linderbaum. Linderbaum, or who is seeing as Bain, has been a starter, an elite prospect coming out of Iowa State. Um, I think now it sort of decreases the chance that they would go for someone like a Linderbaum um, because they're going to be looking, I think, more so for uh, a development center to play behind Kelsey now that Kelsey, given his advanced years, could mentor and train to become a replacement for him in the long term. Someone like a Alex Lindstrom from Boston College, a Cameron Jurgens. Um, James MP, someone of that standard who could be trained up and brought on uh, to be his replacement. In addition to that, Sterling Shepard, the wide receiver, is staying with the Giants. It has been announced today, which therefore further shrinks the free agent market um, amongst wide receivers, leaving the likes of James Washington and Juju Smith-Schuster now being top prospects. Juju Smith-Schuster, who has been linked uh, with the Ravens and with the Chiefs, and obviously indicated in an interview that he would like to catch the balls from uh, Dak Prescott um, in Dallas, given their practice facilities and given the fact that Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. Um, Although that is highly unlikely, given the fact that the Cowboys are in cap hell right now. Um, For me, I really do hope that the Steelers front office are taking it seriously and trying to get Juju Smith-Schuster back to Pittsburgh, especially given that in the past that Juju has said that he wanted to be a Steeler, retire a Steeler, and he loved the city of Pittsburgh. And I know NFL players often say this just to try and make themselves look better amongst the fans, but I think Juju is a man of Pittsburgh, a player who, you know, is a real genuine possibility of being a real black and gold legend. If you look at what he brings to our team as well, he's that go-to guy on third down, like your safety blanket, someone that I think would really benefit um, whoever our starting quarterback is next year, especially if it's Mason or Dwayne. He is strong. He can block. He can play in the slot. He can play outside. But the one thing for me, for Juju, that he would bring to the wide receiver room that no other wide receiver currently on roster with the Steelers. And if you look at the players on our starting roster at this moment in time, you're looking at Cody White, you're looking at Chase Claypool, you're looking at Deontay Johnson, without looking at those on the future and futures contracts like your Stephen Sims, Tyler Bournes, Anthony Millers, for example. Juju Smith-Schuster, although he's still a young player at 26, brings leadership. He brings real leadership to that wide receiver room. And I honestly feel that if Juju had been stayed fit all season, we wouldn't have seen the antics from Chase Claypool that we saw, and we would have seen wouldn't have seen the drop off behind Deontay Johnson towards the end of the season when the dropping problem seemed to return. Yes, I know he had a, a very low season with four or five drops. It just seemed like more given more given the fact that he dropped the ball at critical times and in big games like the Kansas City game. But Juju provides that leadership. And if you consider that on our offense at this moment in time, we are severely lacking offensive leaders. Whilst the defense is packed with leaders, the offense is lacking. Najee Harris, I think, could be a leader further down the track, but he is still going, obviously, going through his sophomore season and he's very quietly spoken. Pat Framuth is not really a leader. He, again, he's one player gets in, comes in, gets on with his game. Chase Claypool isn't, Deontay Johnson isn't, and there's certainly no players on the offensive line that I would see at leaders at this point in time. So someone like Juju would bring that leadership that we are missing, the ability to get the offense together, to give those rah-rah speeches, to get put his arm around players, or to hand out the odd telling off when it is required. 
So I really do hope that the Steelers front office and Coach Tomlin are getting their heads around the deal, a long-term deal as well for Juju, you know, looking at anything from three to five years uh, to bring him back to Pittsburgh on a deal that is both uh, beneficial to the team and beneficial to Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, the NFL.com released uh, their rookie class 2021 gradings, looking back at last year's rookie class. Obviously, our rookie class last year, Najee Harris, Pat Framuth, Kendrick Green, Isaiah Loudermilk, players, you know, Pat Presley Harvin, Trey Norwood, players like that that we brought in last year's draft. The, obviously, the only one that we didn't end up playing was Quincy Roche, which I think was a real shame that we didn't retain him, especially when you consider some of the players who were retained ahead of him have either left the Steelers or have been real disappointments this year, like Marcus Allen, who on a number of occasions, like I said, other than dancing and filming TikToks and filming Instagram reels, I really don't see what that man brings to our team. So let's have a look at what the NFL graded the 2021 rookie classes. Well, in first place was the Kansas City Chiefs with a grade of an A. The top two prospects, obviously, there were Nick Bolton, the linebacker, and that real all-action or battling linebacker, and the, the center, Creed Humphrey. Creed Humphrey, who I know a lot of Steelers fans certainly hoped that we could sign um, in the second round. But he didn't he's gone to Kansas City and he's a cracking job for Kansas City particularly in those two games against Pittsburgh last season uh, Creed Humphrey I think is a real quality quality prospect um second place with the Denver Broncos um who graded as an A minus top uh, prospects obviously there were Patrick Satan the second the cornerback Javante Williams the running back and Quinn Miners the center from Wisconsin Whitewater all players who more than proved themselves last year Javante Williams who again I know um, a lot of Steelers fans were hoping that he could be signed if we didn't sign Najee Harris he's a good all-purpose back um, good fighter good battler uh, good at breaking tackles um, and, and, you know, and Quinn Miners has been a great run blocker for them as well. In third place with the Miami Dolphins with an A-minus grade. Players obviously like Waddle, the wide receiver who did very, very well last season. Jalen Phillips, the outside linebacker. Holland, the safety. And Liam Eikenberg, who did a sterling job as an offensive tackle for them. In fourth place was the Detroit Lions. Penny Sewell, the lineman, obviously, who did a very good job in trying to protect Jared Goff. Uh, Levi Onzuriki, the defensive tackle, Alan McNeil, the nose tackle, Amon Rasen Brown, the wide receiver who caught a number of vital passes, including that touchdown uh, touchdown pass to help them win against who was it now? The, the team escapes me, but I remember him catching that touchdown pass to help them get their first win. Derek Barnes, the linebacker as well. In fifth place were the Bungles with an A minus. I think this is not really a surprise given the fact that you know they had players like Lamar, uh, Jamar Chase who won the Offensive Rookie of the Year, the wide receiver, who had a, had a fantastic year, over 1,000 yards receiving. Jackson Carmen, the offensive guard, who did a good, who did a fairly decent job of protecting Joe Burrow, as good a job as he could have done, given the fact the offensive line other than him were pretty, pretty damn dreadful. Um, Cam Sample, the edge rusher, and Evan McPherson, their kicker, who made a number of vital kicks for them, particularly in the playoffs. So that was the top five, the real elite five. But below that, you had the Patriots at six. Obviously, Matt Jones been the headline player, player there. Seventh with the Dallas Cowboys. Again, Micah Parsons, the uh, linebacker who did, was, had a phenomenal season. I think he's someone who could uh, threaten TJ Watt winning defensive player of the year for the second year, given that Parsons has an excellent all-round game, a great tackler, a great run stopper, a great uh, pass rusher, a good 
player at sacking the quarterback, a real quality linebacker. In eighth place were the Browns, the undefeated off-season champions, who, as we're told on a frequent basis, win the off-season season after season, but then go on to win nothing. And I think it's worth remembering, Cleveland, you get nothing for winning the off-season other than Haribo rings, and you don't get banners for it. So stop going on about being off-season champions and winning the draft and winning free agency because you won zip. And you will continue to win zip as long as you persist with Faker Mayfield at quarterback, that first-round bust who sucks. In tenth, in ninth place with the Eagles and in 10th place with the Texans. So I know what you're all asking, where were the Steelers? Well, the Steelers graded as a B and graded in 12th place, thanks largely, obviously, to the contributions of Najee Harris and Pat Freyamuth. Obviously, alongside that, Dan Moore Jr., who made great steps forward as a left tackle. And although, you know, he, he was never expected to start last, last season, he came in and did a fairly decent job. Now, yes, he wasn't one of the most outstanding left tackles in the NFL, but the guy was a rookie. He was in a difficult division and he did a fairly decent job. And I think as more than um, got himself a second chance next season to play at left tackle and really show up his skills and continue his rate of development under new offensive line coach Pat Mayer. Just in case you're interested, the worst teams in the draft, according to the NFL, were the Colts in 30th place with a D plus, the Titans in 31st with a D plus, and the Seahawks in 32nd place with a D. Seahawks, that seems strange, especially as now they are dismantling their team. I think they're going to go through a big, big rebuild for me, given the fact they've obviously allowed Russell Wilson to leave. They've released Bobby Wagner, and the rumors are, rumors are around, um, currently around DK Metcalf, that he may well be on the move as well out of Seattle. Pete Carroll, I think, is certainly looking for that rebuild through free agency and through the draft uh, to rebuild his Seattle Seahawks. What news about our Pittsburgh Steelers then? So, Pittsburgh Steelers, according to Andrew Filipponi, um, it said that uh, the Steelers will make an attempt to re-sign Terrell Edmonds in as we enter this free agency period. Now, I know that's going to split the fan base right down the middle. There'll be those fans out there that are like, oh, God, no, please, no, please, no, please not, boo, and so on. We don't want Edmonds back. We hate Edmonds. And then yet there are others that, like me, want to see Edmonds return. Edmonds gets a lot of unfair stick, I think, mainly because he was a first-round pick and obviously doesn't put up the numbers that Minka Fitzpatrick does. But Terrell Edmonds is a solid safety a solid strong safety he allows minka fitzpatrick to go and do minka fitzpatrick things that's the thing you've got to bear in mind if you want a safety to come in that's going to allow minka to go and ball hawk to go and be what minka fitzpatrick can be then you're going to need someone who's quite willing to just sit and be that solid second guy who allows minka to take all the headlines and all the limelight and that's something that terrell edmonds does without terrell edmonds you're then looking at do we bring in a, a draft to safety safety well the, obviously, the outstanding safety is Kyle Hamilton. He's going to be someone who will be long gone by the time the Steelers pick at 20. So you're then looking at a rookie that you've got to put as a development prospect, something the Steelers cannot afford this year. You're looking at the free agent safety market, Jordan Whitehead and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Landon Collins, um, and also as well, Tyron Matthew. But are the likes of Collins and Matthew really going to want to come and play second fiddle to Minka Fitzpatrick and let Minka Fitzpatrick take all the headlines, all the money and all the highlights? I very much doubt it. You're not going to get a, a, a safety like a Collins or a Matthew to come to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Therefore, I think it's vital and just vital for the sake of getting the best out of Minka Fitzpatrick that we then re-sign Terrell Edmonds. In addition to that, um, 
it's been said by Andrew Filipponi that if we fail to re-sign Tyrell Edmonds, that they will then make a play to get Jordan Whitehead out of Tampa. The former Pitt Panthers man um, is a fairly decent safety. He had a total of 268 tackles in his career, two sacks, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, four interceptions, and 21 passes defensed. Obviously, the secondary is something the Steelers really need to look at, given the fact that our leading two corners from last season, Akella Witherspoon, who led the team with interceptions, and Joe Hayden, our long-time top number one cornerback and veteran leader in that secondary, um, are now going into free agency. My personal opinion is that Joe Hayden should only be brought back if we can get him on a team-friendly deal, and he accepts that he's not going to get the playing time that he has previously. The concerns, obviously, going forward around Hayden is the fact that he lost 60% of his targets last year, that he um, seems to have lost a step more of speed and was quite honestly toasted on a few occasions, including in that playoff game against Kansas City. I think Akella Witherspoon is a much better bet to bring back um, for me. He would be someone who has the size and the speed to become a real quality shutdown corner and someone I'd really want to see brought back by the Steelers. If we went and got um, a good quality cornerback in free agency uh, to play alongside him, we could really turn our secondary into one of the most feared secondaries in the AFC. Someone like a JC Jackson or a Stephen Gilmore, as I've mentioned previously. But today, the latest link uh, with the cornerback is Carlton Davis from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's six foot one, 206 pounds. He was picked in the second round of the 2018 draft at pick 63. He's big, he's strong, he's quick. He is a very good cornerback and would be rumored to cost somewhere around about $19.7 million against the cap this coming season, making him, as it would stand, the second highest paid secondary player after Jalen Ramsey. That's obviously without Minka Fitzpatrick getting a new deal yet. His statistics, 205 tackles, two forced fumbles, two three-fumble recoveries, a whopping 52 passes defence. That really does show what a shutdown corner he is in the seasons that he's been with Tampa since 2018 and six interceptions. Yes, I know 19.7 million sounds a lot, but that, given that uh, we have the financial wizardry of Omar Khan, could quite easily be offset, even move later on into his in his guaranteed money later on to his deal given that the uh, his projected the NFC, NFL salary cap will continue to rise over the next years given that we are now out of the covid pandemic period or could be converted into signing bonus there are lots of ways around this but Carlton Davis certainly would have been de- a decent prospect for the Steelers to get hold of as a cornerback could you imagine if we could sign someone like a Davis a Gilmore or a Jackson to play alongside a re-signed a Keller Witherspoon with Edmonds and Fitzpatrick in our secondary with players like Cam Sutton to come in and spell them Trey Norwood and so on that would give us a real scary look to our secondary and help us with that continuing rebuild of that elite defense which I think links nicely into what I want to talk about next, which is our elite defense. We really do need to build an elite defense for me, uh, really use some free agency capital and some draft picks very, very wisely, I think, to rebuild this defense to become even more elite than it currently is. I think it's pretty much guaranteed that on day one of the NFL season, unless we go out and make a big free agent signing, and even if we draft someone, Mason Rudolph, it is strongly likely will be the starting quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers or I suppose Dwayne Haskins, who is the wild card, uh, depending on which Dwayne Haskins shows up. I mean, obviously Dwayne Haskins made steps forward. It was said that he improved his footwork vastly under Mike Sullivan last year and another off-season and the training camp with Mike Sullivan may help him to develop further. Maybe he will become that 
first round prospect from Ohio State that the Washington Washingtons or the Washington Wasanims or the Washington, formerly known as the football team, formerly known as the Redskins or whatever they're called these days, drafted in the first round those years ago. He could be that real potential starlet, um, given the fact that K is not the most mobile, but he can move when he needs to, and he's got one hell of an arm. If that's the case, I don't think this offense is going to become the elite high-scoring offense that other teams have got in the AFC, the likes of Kansas City, the likes of the Buffalo Bills, the likes of the Cincinnati Bengals. Therefore, it's going to fall on us for us to build that elite defense. But if you look back 2005, 2008, you know, Super Bowl winning Pittsburgh Steelers times, and even back in the 1970s when the Steel Curtain were around, it is when we have that elite defense that the Pittsburgh Steelers become truly competitive and truly a Super Bowl contender. At this moment in time, going into the season, we have um, Cam Hayward, obviously. Tyson Alou has said he will return. And Stefan Tuitt seems a lot more positive about returning now, given that Colbert said that in discussions he'd had with Stefan, Stefan had said that he was very much open to returning to football in 2022 and that he was excited about returning to football in 2022. So for me, if we can get those three back, it would give us an, an absolutely elite defensive line, probably one of the best in the NFL. If you were then to re-sign Montrevious Adams to back up those there, um, adding in the likes of Carlos Davis, Chris Wood, Firmly as backups, and then hopefully, hopefully, in the second or third round, drafting someone like a Travis Jones out of UConn, that would give that defensive line a real, much more scarier feeling and a much more ability to stop the run. Something they failed abysmally to do last season when we were giving up four to five yards a carry, 144, 145 yards a game, and having a turnstile mentality where it was a kind of a help yourself, guys, run wild, do what you want. I think if we had Alabama back to it back as well, it would enable Devin Bush to become a better player because he wouldn't have offensive linemen getting into that second level and taking on Bush. Bush obviously is not the size or the strength to take on and beat an offensive lineman. Then when you consider you add into Alex Highsmith, who I felt got a lot of unfair criticism last year, um, and I think certainly showed development there, and I think will continue to show development coming into this, his third NFL season. TJ Watt, the defensive player of the year. Uh, Devin Bush, hopefully will get back to his best. If we go and hopefully, therefore, select and draft um, someone like a Devin Lloyd and a Kobe Dean, Leo Chanel, Chad Moomer, someone like that, an inside linebacker, to come in and complement Devin Bush, or even a free agent like Rashawn Evans, or Dante Hightower, or Carl Van Noy, someone who is that physical presence that we've sorely missed next to Devin Bush. If you look at when Devin Bush did his best, and he was at his best in his rookie and sophomore season, who did he have alongside him? He had that veteran presence, that leadership presence of Vince Williams, someone who was there to help bring Devin Bush on. I think he really missed Vinny Vidivici last year. The other thing that we miss by not having Vince Williams there is that physical presence. Vince Williams was a good pass rusher. He could beat offensive linemen because of his size and his strength. He was a real no-nonsense, typical Pittsburgh Steeler inside linebacker, like a Jack Lambert, like a Jack Ham, like a James Farrier, someone of that ilk. He was a big, strong guy. And we missed him. So getting someone like a Devin Lloyd, a Leo Chanel, a Chad Moomer, or a Dante Hightower, or a Carl Van Noy, or Rashad Evans, someone like that who's a real nasty, strong, big guy would really benefit Bush and really benefit our defense. Adding to that, if we re-sign Akello, get that top quality um, cornerback to play alongside him, someone like a JC Jackson, a Stephon Gilmore, a Carlton Davis, and then re-sign uh, 
Terrell to play alongside Minka. That gives that defence a real scary look. I mean, can you imagine that line? That front six, you've got Cam, Alo, Alo, Tuit, Alex and TJ. Now remember, you can only double team one of them. Or perhaps even two of them. But then if you double team Stefan, you've got TJ left alone. So let's double team TJ. Oh, hang on. That means Stefan's only got one man on him. Let's go to the other side of the line. Let's double team Cam. Well, that means Alex has only got one person. Okay, double team Alex. But that means Cam's only got one person on him. Scary. Proper scary. And that, for me, is the best way forward for the Steelers this offseason to develop and get that defense to elite levels. Guys, when we win championships, it's when we have elite 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 defenses like the steel curtain in the 70s like the defenses of 2005 2008 that can stop teams scoring and given the fact that our offense i don't think is going to be a high scoring offense next season uh, with Minka, with um, mason rudolph or dwayne haskins or even a free agent quarterback that we bring in it's absolutely imperative that we build our defense back up We've got the coaches in place now as well to really work on that defense. Mike Tomlin is a very defensive-minded coach and an ex-defensive uh, defensive co- defensive, uh, coach in Tampa and in Minnesota. Also, you've got Terrell Austin, who did a brilliant job with our secondary and is our new defensive coordinator and is well-respected by a large number of players in on our defense. Adding to that, the defensive know-how and the player personnel know-how of Brian Flores, who did a fantastic job as linebacker coach and in all but name defensive coordinator of the New England Patriots and was a pro personnel scout of the Patriots. I think we've got the best coaching staff possible to turn this defense into one of the scariest, most formidable formidable, um, defenses in the whole of the NFL. Blitzburg will be back. Um, The chances, therefore, of putting Lamar, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, whoever we play in the AFC, on their backsides and make them eat dirt increases if we go out and build that defence. And that, for me, is an absolutely key thing that we need to do this off-season. Really work on that defence. Let's make that defence scary again. No one was scared of us last season. Maybe they were scared of TJ and Cam, but that was it. Let's make them scared of the entire unit. Let's make them fearful. Let's make them hurt by getting that defence back up to the level it needs to be. Well, that's pretty much it for today from me. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Look out for a live broadcast on YouTube later. Please tune in to that on uh, Britsburg Voice from Across the Pond. I'll be working on that later. Please come across and have a watch, have a subscribe, a like and a comment for me. Thanks again for tuning in. Thanks again for listening. Um, And we'll finish it as we always do with Here We Go Steelers.